listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Proof Text. My name is Dr. Mario, and this is what we call What's in the Name? Uh, we've been walking through a bunch of different um, uh, names and how they are apropos for the uh, books in which they are named. Uh, today's name is moving still through the Book of the Twelve, or the Minor Prophets, as we could call them. Um, and this is the prophet Obadiah, Obadiah, or Avdiah, as we might say in Hebrew, Avdiah. Um, <clears throat> Obadiah. So let's walk through the three things that we do every week, etymology, poignancy, or irony, and then theology and how it applies to the New Testament. Let's begin with the etymology. Obadiah's name is actually from the three-letter root, uh, which is avad, avad, which means to serve, or a lot of times we'll, we'll see that uh, attributed to a slave or to work for, something along those lines in the Hebrew translation. Of course, Hebrew is uh, um, quite loose in how we bring it over into English, but avad means to serve or to be a slave of a person. Um, in this instance, Avdiah, and you hear that Yah ending that we have on so many of the names that we've walked through and that we're going to walk through yet to come. That is uh, the, the shortened form of Yahweh, and we just have the Yah instead of the Yahweh at the end of his name. So the very simple etymology of Obadiah's name is that he is a servant of Yahweh, Avdiah, the servant of Yahweh. Um, whenever we consider the name and we put it in light of his story, or I should say his book, um, we don't necessarily have any quotations of the word avad, to serve, um, within his book. So really, the irony or the poignancy of Obadiah's name lies more in the meaning in contrast to who Obadiah is prophesying against. So let's consider that as far as the uh, irony or the application of his name into his book. Um, Obadiah is is during the the invasion or post the invasion of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. So that makes him a contemporary of Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Um, uh, probably Habakkuk was still around, but Habakkuk had already finished writing his book. Um, so Obadiah is there. He, he has seen the invasion. He has seen the downfall. And he's going to be one of the righteous that survives, we believe, um, that uh, Habakkuk was asking on behalf of. What about the righteous? Will they live or not? Um, but Obadiah is a servant of Yahweh. And here's the irony, I think, in his name, applying it to his story, is the contrast against the people that he's prophesying against who are called the uh, uh, Edomites, the Edomites. Now, the Edomites were a Canaanite tribe, hence the Ite last name. Um, and they conjoined forces. Uh, they got recruited into, uh, joined with the Babylonians in their invasion into Jerusalem. Um, there's many reasons why some of my friends that uh, study that era historically think that maybe the Edomites got recruited to help the Babylonians because they knew the territory, they knew city of Jerusalem, they knew ways in, ways out, they probably knew some of the weak points. Nevertheless, they were neighbors of the Israelites, they were Canaanites that were permitted to live post-conquest. 
and uh, they join with the Babylonians and help destroy the city of Jerusalem. So contrasting the name of the Yah, servant of Yahweh, Edom is a servant of Babylon. Um, and so he ends up talking about you slaves, you servants, you, uh, you know, you people that are, are helping, etc. Encourage you to look into the text and read there. But he doesn't have uh, very much good to say about the Edomites because they sold out to Babylon rather than being sold out to Yahweh, as it might be said. <clears throat> Whenever we grab the etymology and the poignancy of his name and his story and bring it to the New Testament, there is something really stinking cool. Let's walk through this really quick with me. I want to read a passage to you from Matthew, and then I want to grab it, and I, I want us to um, see that it's happening again. The cycle cycles, as we say in Hebrew often. Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28, Jesus says this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. Of course, before we go further, considering the idea of being a servant of God in the New Testament, this passage here has so much weight to it in parallel with Obadiah, because you ready for this? The Herods were Edomites. Yes, um, you might look in your Bible and say, well, but it says he's from Edomia with an I. Well, that's the Greek spelling of Edom, the, the um, Hebrew name. And so we see literally Jesus saying, I am a servant of Yahweh, and Herod is a servant of Babylon. Um, if you do your studies of first century Judaism, or even during the, uh, the, the apocryphal period in the mid-time, intertestamental period, you might want to call that, Herod's um, was a family that they had sold out to the Greeks. Um, they were from the region. Uh, it's said that Herod the Great's mother was Jewish um, and that his father was, was Idumean. And then he had converted to Judaism. And he, of course, was installed by the Greeks as a puppet king of the Jews. Hence why all of the interesting parallels in the uh, Semana Santa, the Holy Week, where Jesus is bantering between Herod and the others. But here we see in Matthew 20, Jesus doing what... Uh, Obadiah did. You think that you're in the right because you have sold out to the empire that has invaded. But I tell you this, you're in the wrong. If you wanted to be in the right, you should be a servant. And in fact, I, Jesus, this is Mario's translation, I, Jesus, didn't come to be a sellout, but rather to be a servant of Yahweh. I rather like my fluid, uh, meaningful translation there. Um, I'm, I'm translating it and throwing it at Herod and saying, Yo, man, listen, your people before did this. The Edomites did this. And Obadiah made a declaration against them. And Jesus is doing it again. He says, I'm making a declaration against you as well. So we have this interesting play. The cycle is cycling. We have another Edomite people 
selling out to the empire that's invading. Um, in spite of the righteous, and the righteous do suffer, especially in the case of Jesus, the righteous teacher. How does this apply to us as the church, though, as we move it forward in the New Testament? This is where I would encourage you to go and look at, say, for instance, uh, we could go to Paul, um, where Paul is often saying, Paul, a douloi or a doulos of Christus, a servant of Jesus Christ. Um, we get clarification. It's not a servant of Yahweh anymore. It's a servant of Jesus. And we see in Jesus's example that if you want to be a servant of Jesus, a servant of Yahweh, we're not to sell out to the empire. We're rather to remain faithful in spite of what might happen to us. I often tell my uh, prophetic students in prophets class, I would not trade my life for the life of a prophet. Uh, those poor men and women that were called to be prophets and prophetesses had it tough. But when we come to the New Testament and if we grab Obadiah's story and superimpose it not only on the life of Jesus, but also onto the life of Paul, the apostles, and the early church, we realize uh, we also will suffer if we are faithful servants to God. Um, this is something interesting. It comes forward and it applies to our lives. And hopefully this will help you understand Obadiah and then seeing the cycle happen yet again with Jesus and Herod and Edomian and, or an Edomite, as we would put it in the Canaanite name, and see that this is an interesting thing. Those that stay faithful to Yahweh are blessed and kept. Those that aren't get scorn from the message of the prophet. This is the book of Obadiah, and this is the name Obadiah. I hope to see you in the next week. Go read Obadiah and see if this helps you out in understanding him hermeneutically. Bye now. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glow's House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glosahouse.com today. Glosa House, language resources for the global community.